Welcome to Secrets of Seven Figure Women. I'm your host, Sarah J. Stevens. And on today's episode, we have Deanna Adams. She is a real estate developer with over 15 years of experience. She does professional design work, uh, development, renovation. She has incredible clientele. She is uh, she is wonderfully creative working with the, the cities and uh, townships on zoning and making things happen. She's really, you know, self-taught in design development, and uh, she's a project management professional. Uh, She manages a huge portfolio of uh, properties. She's well on her way to eight figures in assets. As a designer, she's great working with families and uh, working with what their needs are. And as a developer, she's really helpful, you know, mentoring other people as they work on their real estate journey. So she is uh, creative, resourceful, and experienced, and always interested to chat about design ideas or collaborate on real estate. In today's episode, you're going to hear what Deanna's idea is on success and how she defines it as well. I love it if you stay to the end and hear what her vision for her future is. Um, It's one of my favorite moments. So anyhow, without further ado, let's get to today's episode with Deanna Adams. Welcome to Secrets of Seven Figure Women. I'm your host, Sarah J. Stevens, seven-figure real estate investor and entrepreneur. This is your chance to gain insight and connect with women who are earning seven figures or who have a portfolio of assets in the multiple seven figures. We'll be focusing on how to get you to your next level. Think of this podcast like your new circle of friends cheering you on. From setting your mindset to developing financial goals, formulating plans, and how to make it happen. Secrets of Seven Figure Women exist to inspire you to work on your financial future and build a legacy. Wondering how other women have done it? Learn directly about their systems, structure, and how they're choosing to have an impact. If you're motivated, driven to succeed, and want the steps to learn more, we'll discuss how you can take control of your financial future without anyone holding you back. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Well, hello and welcome back to Secrets of Seven Figure Women. I am your host, Sarah J. Stevens, and so excited to be sitting across from Deanna Adams today. Deanna, welcome to the show. And uh, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to get started with our conversation here. Maybe let's just backtrack a little bit. When, When did we meet, Deanna? How long ago did we meet? Oh, Sarah, we met a few years back. Um, I don't know how polite it is to say, but uh, (laughs) it would have been on some hazy July afternoon, actually July morning of a Sunday of a long weekend. So it might have been this past weekend um, when we're not in July yet, but it would have been six, about six years ago. About that, slightly Yeah, probably six years on a large stretch of lawn in back in behind an old farmhouse. I know. And that barn was something else, wasn't it? (laughs) Yes. That barn was something else and still is today and still is today. Yeah. Yes. So let's let's just call it six years of a very interesting relationship and progress and life hitting and, you know, glasses of wine. (laughs) and um you know what in some ways it feels like it hasn't been that long and and it's been we've known each other for decades you know so genuinely um I think when we met I knew as soon as I met you 
this is somebody that I want to get to know better. She's a rock star <laughs> and I, and I want to, uh, I want to hang out with her more. So I'm just so grateful, uh, one to have you on the show, but I'm also grateful for your friendship. And, uh, we've been able to do some business together over the years as well, which is, uh, I always appreciate too. So maybe just tell listeners a bit about your background, you know, we're on the, the show here, you know, could you share with us a bit about your background and kind of how you got onto this path? Thank you. Yes, Sarah, it is a it is a long and convoluted path. I will try to keep it short. Growing up, I was taught, like many others, that you get on board with a company and you work your way up, get on board with a company even as a temp and work your way up and just keep working within that system, within that company, show your value and you will be promoted. It's benevolent large organization model. And that's what I learned growing up. And I spent a number of years doing exactly that uh, after I graduated with an economics degree. And, and then the company sold. And when the company sold, many of us were, were let go eventually. And I discovered that that loyalty model didn't work both ways. And so I was a bit... Um, well, it was obviously a very uh, shocking and traumatic experience, and um, and I spent some time recovering from that and realizing that the amount of effort and energy, creativity and resourcefulness and determination that I had applied within that corporation was for their benefit and not really for mine. There was some ego involved, obviously, given a pat on the back and uh, <clears throat> given some acknowledgement was important, but that ultimately the end result was the black and white severance package and that was and that was it so i went into business for myself i formed a corporation and became a consultant because i figured that's at least to me a more honest model for employment or hiring the services of somebody that you whose expertise you want and i managed to do a number of uh really wonderful contracts in downtown Toronto where I was living, all within IT, systems, business pro- business processes, um, hiring, training, firing. Those sorts of experiences were, they were very hard work and I enjoyed them all. They were very, very challenging working again within large organizations like you know, Rogers and Bell and Hydro One, that, those sorts of large organizations. But I felt that ultimately, Again, you're exchanging hours for dollars and that I wanted something that, that I could translate and diversify my income. So I started my search with a friend of mine. I convinced him that we really needed to look for something real estate wise and we needed to find something that was a multiplex and that would derive income. And I was just doing this all by gut feel. Just my gut just told me that this is where I needed to be but I also felt that I couldn't do it alone. And I felt that my ability to analyze a property would be greatly assisted by working in partnership with somebody who probably also felt the same and who felt the same as I did about property and real estate. And we tried a few for a few years to find something. Ultimately, there was a very interesting turn of events that happened in my life. My apartment that I was renting at the time in downtown Toronto I uh, came up to the end of its lease. My landlord had decided to convert the house back to a single family home. And so that was the end of that. My employer 
was also going in a different direction. So the contract that I had was, was ending. And by that time, I had met somebody who lived elsewhere and who was uh, starting to develop a real estate or build, build homes. And I made the giant leap to move to where he lived so that I could continue to develop my skills and my experience within real estate. And that's, that's when I was able to transition to real estate more fully. And I still kept a few contracts in Toronto. So I ended up spending a couple of years driving back and forth. And eventually my body told me that that was just not going to work. I couldn't do the two lives. And I had to give up the, um, I had to give up the contracts in Toronto. And at first I did a few small design projects. So I design for a few clients these days. I help them as much as I can. My, my value, my goal is always to provide value to clients, to provide them with ideas for renovations, extensions, or completely new builds uh, for both the rental and the high end, higher end renovation industry. But it started with, it started with a single house. Uh, with a duplex that I designed and built and has gone from there. Can I just say that your work is outstanding? <laughs> and, and for anybody that's listening, Deanna is modest. Uh, she works with, as she would say, boutique clients, and I would call them A-list celebrities. So <laughs> you read between the lines, but um, Deanna is uh, you know, very skilled and uh, professional at, at what she does. So Deanna, how long ago would you say that you kind of started on this you know, self-employed real estate journey? You know, how long would you say it took you to really kind of get things underway? Because you said that you were, you know, living the two lives. And I think, you know, anybody that's building out their own business and trying to build their income and build their wealth, quite frankly, I think a lot of us walk down the same path. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not just one lane, it's many lanes. <laughs> you know, there's lots of, you know, lots of different juggling that can happen as you're in the foundation of building things out. How long do you think you were living in that kind of double life down to the city and back up to the, the new, new area? That's a really good question. So first of all, I've had my own corporation for, in corporation now for 18 years. So that's when I made the transition from what I like to call full employment status to contract status. And that's just changing the, the legal arrangement between yourself and your employer. At the same time, I had started looking for, or shortly after that, I had started looking for, for properties to, to own. When I did make the final switch uh, or make the switch changed my life, changed where I was living, that would have been 15 years ago. And I spent about two years it was a it was a two year journey and a two year transition from going from living living downtown and working downtown to living an hour and a half to two hours north and working downtown. So that routine was one where I would drive down in the early part of the week and come back up in the latter part of the week. And I, um, while I was carrying out my consulting. I also had to be available quickly for phone calls back up to this area for construction and renovation. And that was challenging because the client clients didn't always understand that you had to answer the phone. 
<laughs> that in fact there were, there was, there are, there were dual motivations going on, and uh, and that was a challenge to navigate. How did you know? You know, in that moment, I mean, I I know you said your body kind of told you when it was time for the change, mm-hmm. but was there also because I think sometimes the the challenges when we are branching out into new opportunities, you know that eventually become much larger, would you agree, than just being stuck in that corporate world? Mm-hmm. Um, when we set out on our own ventures, our own businesses, that, um, you know, sometimes it's difficult to know when to to jump. Was there anything else that assured you this is the right time? Or did you did you still feel nervous in that decision to transition when you made the jump? I'm just curious what you um, what you felt at that time, if you can recall. Again, Really good question, Sarah. I I had to struggle with how to communicate this decision because there were people around me that were very concerned for my well-being and concerned that I was making a big mistake. And so I had to be able to describe it to people, to my loved ones. And ultimately, it came down to that I couldn't go into moving my life with one foot in and one foot out. It required a 100% commitment and the desire and the decision that this was just going to be successful. It was either going to be wildly successful or I was going to come away with it with basically a country and Western song about how <laughs> lost the car, lost the this, lost the house, lost the that, you know, went yeah. off on some far reaching adventure just to come back with, come back with nothing with my tail between my legs, but there was no going back. And I, and that was the decision. There was no going back. If I was moving, it would be a long time before I returned because of my commitment to making this transition successful was 100%. And my, and therefore my definition of success remained flexible. Mm, I love that. Your definition of success remained flexible. Absolutely. Yes, Mm. it's important to have a definition of success be flexible if you feel as if you are really reaching so far beyond your own comfort zone and the comfort zone of those who love you and are concerned for you. The last thing you want is to believe it when somebody says, I told you so. (laughs) (laughs) So before we... um jump ahead to, you know, current day and kind of, you know, what life looks like now and, uh, you know, what you're up to. What is your definition of success currently? Oh, oh, no fair. (laughs) (laughs) You walked into it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So for you, for you, right. Because it's a personal, it's personal. Right. So I'm just, I'm curious when you approach it that way, uh, which I love, you know, to be flexible, what, you know, what you believe success to be for yourself right now. Right. Well, you know, at the time when I was doing, when I was moving, my definition of success was definitely that A, the relationship was going to be successful. Right. And B, that, that as long as I adhered to some fundamentals of real estate, which I had yet to really learn fully, but that my gut was telling me was right. As long as I adhered to those, there had to be a way to make make it work and to achieve that goal that I had, which was to diversify my income and to transition to a different life. 
Today, my definition of success these days tends to be that I have at least the illusion of complete and utter control over my time. (laughs) The reality is that we all have obligations that turn up through the day, uh, whatever they are, whether they're life uh, life goals or work-related goals or meetings with people or meetings with branch managers. All of those things are things that indicate that um, we have, you know, children, cleaning, bookwork, all this, they all require demand on our time. But ultimately, I am not exchanging my time for a direct, for a penny, for a dollar into my bank account. And my days, although they are busy and challenging, they are my own in essence. And when I moved up here, I like to say that I officially retired I like to joke that I retired and also that I'm officially unemployable (laughs) (laughs) after I was done my last uh, contract, after doing the drive back and forth, that I was officially unemployable because I could no longer apply the same amount of passion, determination, and resourcefulness to the challenges faced by an organization that wasn't mine. So (laughs) I'd rather apply it to problems that exist in my life that I, that I need to, that I need to answer for my own, for my own purposes and my own posterity, so to speak. So I like to joke that I'm retired, but I've actually never been busier. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Deanna can sure swing a hammer. She's a hard worker, (laughs) but, but I love it. Right. Because you effectively, it's, it's almost like the mindset around it too, right? You've retired. Now your time is your own and how you choose to spend it really is up to you. And so, you know, you're passionate about investing in real estate, redesigning, working for clients. But at the same time, I know you're out there running, working out, rock hard, (laughs) you know? So Deanna is uh, the picture of fitness, ladies. (laughs) Um, so, but I love it because you, you also, you know, when you retired, it's, it's about freedom, right? It's about that choice, you know, that the money is coming in, in one way, and you do have choice about your day. And while I respect that sometimes we get those phone calls and we have to deal with something urgent, which we all know happens, especially with respect to real estate, but you know, on a day-to-day basis, it's true. You can choose how you're spending your time or how you're making your appointments and, uh, Retirement is good on you, Deanna. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Deanna's not 65, folks. (laughs) No. Deanna is young. Deanna is young. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Which you just can't see, but I can because I'm on Zoom here. So, Um, so Deanna, tell us about where you're at now. How do things look for you now with respect to... I guess your portfolio, how do things look now for you? I suppose that's probably the best way to, um, to bring it up. Okay. So that's also a really, really good question. Thank you for asking. I'm, <laughs> I've been, I've been hoping to say, I've been hoping to kind of brag to somebody for, for ages. Brag, please brag. We want to hear it. <laughs> so after designing and building several duplexes, buying a single family home, renovating it, there was a time uh, where my uh, partner and I came across a property. I came across a property that was long, long out of being listed. And 
heaven smiled upon us, we were able to secure it. And about two years later, <laughs> we were able to open that building up as a, as a nineplex. And so that was a absolutely massive project. It was, it was where both of us put our heart and souls into to make it a success. And the building these days is, is ticking along fairly well, ticking along beautifully as a very premium rental. After that, and in, in trying to get, catch a break, because again, that was an exhausting experience, beyond exhausting. I have since picked up a, a house that was uh, that we renovated. Um, it was already a duplex, but converted it to an updated duplex, a single family home renovated into something that was rentable. And then another duplex that was long every decade of design went there to die. So, <laughs> and again, an old, strangely enough, yet another old farmhouse, Sarah. So uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you, me and old farmhouses. So that's, that's yep. where it, that's where it's at. Um, so in the last several years, I've managed to stick with more small, smaller projects, but I am on the look for something larger. My, my next goal is to find and and acquire a large multi-unit dwelling. That's really where my heart is sitting these days. Um, I really love doing renovations. I love renovating rental properties back into rentable condition where they are safe, uh, where they are updated, plumbing, electrical heating, all the unsexy stuff is taken care of, add some charm back into the buildings that got stripped of their charm, and find amazing tenants that love being where they where they live and providing that value of providing housing for for people good quality housing for people that are looking to rent instead of own or are done done renting or don't want to rent or don't want to own and they'd rather rent something that's good quality that they can feel proud about and those that's my motivation is to find a large apartment building that can fall under, eventually fall under that kind of description where people are proud of where they are, of where they're living. And the other goal is to try not to do quite as much on my own. <laughs> build the team. Build, build the team, my the friend. Team. To continue <laughs> yes. building the team. Yes. To stop yes. out, to stop, to stop taking everything on. I don't need to take everything on. I need to focus on, focus on the things that are where my value is the highest, which is in organization and uh, you know, putting all of the building blocks together and getting others to, to, to be on the ground doing what they do. So my heart really is in a large multiplex and I would love to take on the more romantic project of taking up an ex, a, a repurposed church, for instance, mm. and yes. bringing that back to life. To me, that's a, that's a labor of love that um, I would I would like to be able to indulge and be able being able to do. Yes, and I could you know I could see that kind of a project for you. I, I don't know now my favorite project that you've done. I don't know if you want me to share it or not. So I'm I'm holding back here. Um, <laughs> I so I think my favorite project. <laughs> I've got the go ahead from you to share this was the murder house purchase. <laughs> And, and, um, you know, I think whenever this comes up, people always say, did a murder really happen there? Yes. (laughs) And did everybody know? Yes. But, uh, did Deanna turn that one around into a gem and what three, four times the value of what you 
purchased it for. Uh, oh my goodness. Like what, uh, that was an extraordinary, uh, effort, uh, opportunity, I guess maybe risk at some point. Um, but you just took it all on and that's just one, that's just one that comes to mind, but it always, uh, always makes me smile. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. That house was a very interesting project. And I think if it was appraised today, it would come in at uh, three times the, oh no, actually, uh, I think you're at four times right now, my friend, four times. Yes, uh-huh. it would be uh-huh. four four and almost five times the appraisal. Wow. That's not to say there wasn't a lot of sweat and a lot of money that we spent actually more on the renovation than on the purchase of the property. But as I like to say, you're not a real landlord unless you've got a murder house in your portfolio. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know how many can say that they have one. (laughs) Well, and, and so let's face it, when there are times when people bring up that issue, the re, the reality that that and that building is still in my uh, still in my portfolio, and I still manage it, and it's and it's a wonderful property. And I really every time I drive by or stop by, <clears throat> I revel in the transformation that happened because I remember what it looked like when I first bought it, and I look at it now, and it's uh, a spectacular example of uh, red brick, you know, construction from a hundred years ago. It's actually. It's a really amazing looking building today to have seen it, to see the transformation is um, it just gives you faith that you can do just about anything. The way I look at it, when people give me the indication that they are nervous about it, is that basically, let's face it, if any house is 100 years old, there are so many people's so many people who've passed through that house and so many people's lives have been lived within these within these walls, that something has bound to have happened. And the fact that we we have to talk about, or in real estate listings, talk about murder houses, which we don't need to do in rentals, but we do in, in sales, um, I believe. You can confirm that for me again. Mm-hmm. The reality is that we all live our lives and we all live in many different places and things happen. And so if your building is 100 years old or more, more than likely, something's happened there. You just might not know about it. We just happened to know about it on this one. And uh, and it probably did make people shy away. But I firmly believe that we could resuscitate this house, which was falling into the center of the earth. I mean, let's, let's face it, this was not a structurally sound, <laughs> this was not a structurally sound house. It needed serious remediation. Uh, so that's uh, partly why our renovation budget was much higher than the purchase of the house. But we have a wonderful duplex, great tenants in a wonderful location in town. And it it is well, well taken care of. And it's one of the better, it's one of the better looking houses on that run now. It was the worst and now it's pretty close to best and and retaining its character and retaining its value. So don't don't look at an ugly one and walk away. Think about it carefully. Yeah, I love that. That's that's a good piece of advice, Deanna. Um, so beyond the you know the murder houses and and you know designing for a list celebrities and uh, you know what what's next for you? You know you're retired already. So where are you going in the next twenty years when maybe a normal person would be retiring? <laughs> so, you know. Well, you know what? Years ago, I had a vision. And it's a generalized, uh, vague vision 
of where I wanted to be in life. And I'm not sure whether it was an expression. I'm thinking it was an expression of where I was at the time. But the vision was that one day I would be getting into my own corporate jet. And I would be, I'd have certain shoes. I had a whole, I have a whole vision for it. Certain clothing, certain shoes, certain interior for the jet. I don't know where I'm going, but I know what I'm wearing and I know what I'm in. And that vision really speaks to being successful on your own two feet and making your own decisions. It ignores the fact that or it temporarily glosses over the fact that success is actually a team effort. And it is, it is very important to make sure that, that you touch base with all sorts of other like-minded individuals so that you can be successful and fulfill your goals and ambitions for real estate or for uh, multiple streams of income. And it was a, it is a wonderful, somewhat romantic, vague, soft focus vision of what my future success would look like while I'm carrying out a, a, a renovation or replacing a sump pump or something, you know, <laughs> not uh, something unglamorous. This is the vision that, um, that keeps me moving forwards. And I still very much firmly believe that uh, real estate will continue to help me get there. And and I remain open to other sources of multiple streams, like other sources of income through consultations, design, that sort of thing. So it is a vision and I hold it dear. And I like to remember it when I'm got my head stuck in a sump pit somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm so happy you shared that, Deanna, because I, I remember we talked about this a couple of years ago, I think maybe in my backyard or maybe outside the front of a different property or, but I remember the moment that you told me that goal, you know, that vision that you have for yourself. And immediately, intuitively, my response was, I can see that for you. Uh Like I literally, you know, as much as Deanna shares her vision, I have the vision of Deanna doing it. It's this incredible thing, you know, when somebody shares their vision and then you can see it for them. And so I know that's happening for you. And I am so excited. I just, I hope I get to be on the sidelines, taking your photo in whatever outfit you've chosen with the shoes, with your jet in the background, you know? (laughs) So I want to just be there in the limo, taking the photos after when you get out and you're walking. (laughs) But, um, you know, with all that you've accomplished so far, you know, I know that that's, uh, that's just the next thing around the corner for you. So. I really hope so. And I'm, I'm hoping to partner, to partner up on larger multiplexes to get, to get those numbers and to start and to, to more heavily rely on a team to keep those kinds of places going and uh, understanding that this is the life that I had chosen, that I had wanted. And I'm just working ever so slightly towards it. Sometimes I feel like I'm going backwards, but then I remember the vision and uh, and it keeps me refocusing periodically on what the ultimate goal is and how. And the question is always, is this the right method to get there? Yeah. And, and that's that's the thing to keep in mind. Yeah. And I, I love that you're open, right? I love that you're also open to not only continuing what you, you know, the path that you're on, but also that you're open to other, you know, for example, other streams of income. Because mm-hmm. I think even as we're all on this path, you know, we have to continue to look at other opportunities, you know, in other ways we can transform things, generate different income, 
yeah, looking at all the different opportunities. If there, if there was somebody listening, Deanna today and thinking, boy, I'd like to work with Deanna or what kind of, what kind of partner, what kind of, you know, person are you looking for? You know, do you have an idea or, you know, something that you could share, you know, listeners can connect with you after. I mean, we'll have all of your contact details uh, in the show notes. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a really good question. So I have been providing, I have been working with some wonderful uh, friends over the time to provide them with one-on-one, the kind of, you know, consultate, consulting, the handholding, the knowledge transfer, providing them with that boost that says, yes, you can do this when they are thinking that maybe they want to get into uh, property ownership and, and management and giving them consultations on how to renovate renovate the property and and maximize it from a tenant um, perspective. And that is all ex- very much hands-on. And I would revel in the opportunity to do something like that and to continue doing that. I'd also really love to partner with, uh, with somebody on a multifamily uh, property. Um, and then of course, my design business continues to go and I'm still doing renovations for those clients that you mentioned, and they are, they continue to be full on renovations or just a slight tweak to the building. So if there's somebody in, in the area where we are, uh, who's looking for uh, consultations for renovations um, and project management for that sort of thing, that is the kind of thing that I'm, that I do and that I'm happy to do. I'm very resourceful and creative in it. So again, we're so there's lots of options. Diversified. Yes, <laughs> yes, staying yes. diversified. Multifamily dwellings is is where uh, is is where I want to reach to, and those sorts of initiatives do require a fair amount of brainwork and partnership to to achieve. I find, but I am available for those who are looking to get into the real estate industry and they're looking for a property that will work for them. And they're looking to find a touch point to share their thoughts and uh, and provide feedback on does that make sense for you and how can you make it work? We're both warriors at that. We've both done it a fair amount. And sometimes people need that confirmation that their thoughts are that they are actually going in the right direction, that they that they are motivated um, correctly to go in the right direction, what and what will work on that property and how to make it a success a success. Yeah. So yeah, everybody, that, everybody can benefit from a guide. I agree with you. You know, right. but, a uh, guide. Exactly. A guide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what nicer way to uh, be successful or, you know, to go on that journey to have a, a guide with you. So mm-hmm. casting um, a larger sphere of influence, so to speak. I think that's yes. one of those Maslow fear Maslow uh, needs, the higher yep. needs. Yeah. Yeah. The giving back. Absolutely. Yes. The giving back. Yes. So Deanna, you know, just thinking, cause I know we're going to wrap here um, in a couple of minutes, but I just, is there anything that you want to leave listeners with, you know, is there anything that you would say, you know, the best piece of advice I can offer you, you know, on your journey to seven figures, what, what's the most important thing that helped you, you know, stay on the journey or get on the journey or, you know, what would you share with a listener today that that's wondering is this so for me? can I make that? It? Yeah, that is a really good question, and and it's it taps into something that I've been thinking about for the last or reminded of and thinking about for the last few days. The level of commitment that's needed, the determination, is something that's very important. You 
you don't throw up your hands at the first sign of resistance or whatever it is that you're looking to do. I came up with a, there have been, a, as with everything, there are a number of challenges and you have to, and you decide how to react, how to respond to them. And a few years back, I encountered a number of challenges and they led me to ponder how to handle them. And ultimately, I came up with my own mantra, which was, it's not no, it's yes and when. It's not no, it's yes and who. It's not no, it's yes and how. That also is a reflection of being flexible on your definition of success. It's not no, it's yes and when, or who, or how. I love it. And that helps guide me Anytime I'm hurt, anytime I hear the word no, it's a little like calling Rogers and you get a no from the first person and you call back 30 minutes later, you get somebody else and you get a yes. It, it can be as simple as a transaction as that or something much larger in life, which is trying to find a property or renovate a property or find a multiplex. <laughs> <laughs> or a big apartment building. Or a big apartment building. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not no, it's yes and when. Or who yeah. or how. So really to summarize, it's not no, it's yes. Mm-hmm. So don't don't turn down the opportunities. Don't turn down, don't turn down what is possible. Don't be just easily dissuaded by your yeah. fear. Step yeah. through it and see if you can still make it a success despite the challenges first presented to you. Yes. Well, I love it. That is uh, that is great advice. So Deanna, I am so thankful to have had this opportunity to speak with you today and for you to share all of your journey and story and uh, the meaning of success. <laughs> so I, I thank you so much for being here, Deanna. It's really been a pleasure of mine to, to have you on the show. So I thank you. I believe our listeners will be thanking you as well. Get lots of great feedback from our episodes. And so uh, just say to everybody today, thanks for listening. And uh, I look forward to uh, connecting with you again next week. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Secrets of Seven Figure Women. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share with a friend, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to be featured on the show, you can reach me directly at secretsofsevenfigurewomen.com. Thanks for listening.